0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vecini. Today, we've got CJ Moore in the building. I think this is the second time CJ's been on this show. It's far too few times, given how good of a dude CJ is. CJ and I are going to break down some early college basketball breakout players that we think might be turning into legitimate NBA draft prospects. Some of them were on the radar to start the season. Some of them were a little bit off the radar and are working their way onto the radar. CJ and I just kind of wanted to talk basketball. That was kind of the biggest impetus of this. And I love CJ's mind and his brain. So I had him come on the show. CJ, what's going on, buddy?
1: Thanks for the nice introduction. Not, not, not too much. Just, uh, Trying to keep up with all this ball,
0: CJ is the lead college basketball writer over at The Athletic. He does a great job covering the sport. Does the top twenty-five list every weekend? Now he does incredible feature work. Go subscribe, check his work out. He's the best. Uh, so I think the place I want to start this conversation with is last night we saw Kentucky play Miami, and. Kentucky's backcourt is not what we expected it to be coming into the year. I think we all expected DJ Wagner to be the starting guard and to dominate the ball and to make everything happen. And instead, come Rob Dillingham and Reed Shepard. And I'm not going to lie to you, I think Reed Shepard has been the best freshman in college basketball this season, point blank. Uh, Sorry to Isaiah Collier. Sorry to Jacoby Walter. When I watch Reed Shepard play basketball, to me, he is the most impressive one because he's doing it on both ends. He's efficient. He makes. Have you seen him make a wrong decision yet, CJ? I,
1: I don't think so. He, he's he's like a coach's dream.
0: He's unbelievable. The only thing I can point to is that play at the end of I think it was the Kansas game where he oh, took yeah, that, like fade away like no, pointer. Kohler got him.
1: Yeah, McCuller uh, well, that, got him on, and, and, and I think. Well, I remember what one you're talking about. Then also, he had a uh, like a, a pass where he's floating over the baseline, and he and he throws it out, and, and McCuller steals it. Which, I mean, that's one of the best uh, defensive backs, basically, in college basketball. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're,
0: we're, we've we found two two mistakes. Yeah, that's it. We've got two Reed Shepard mistakes all season. He's averaging twelve points, four rebounds, three point six assists. Uh, have you looked at his uh, shooting splits recently? I, I was going to quiz you. What's his <laughs> offensive rating? Do you know what it is? So I don't know that one. So this is a good quiz. Okay. I would guess it's legitimately like 135. Like 145. Keep going. 155. Like what are we doing? 150.2. <laughs> Yeah, that's insane. That's the that's, highest number I, I think I've ever seen.
1: I will say it's 12th in the country. So there are 11 dudes with a higher uh, offensive rating. I will say, what do you think his usage rate is?
0: Oh, it's pretty low. It's probably like 18, 17, 16. So yeah. like
1: that, that would be my only pushback on like, if we start talking is Reed Shepard one and done this kind of thing, like Hit, you know, hit the reason for him to come back to school might be one, he's going to make just a ton of NIL money at Kentucky and yeah. probably pretty fun being Reed Shepard at Kentucky right now. Uh, <laughs> like, I can't imagine a better existence than than his existence right now. Um, Kyle Tucker and I kind of have a running text thread joke about about how good it is to be Reed Shepard, but uh, I, I. I also think, like, you know, him to have a chance to come back and kind of be on the ball a little bit more and dominate the ball a little bit more, like, that might be something. I mean, kind of like a – I mean, I don't want to put him in the same category as Steph Curry, but, like, you know, Steph Curry going back to Davidson to, to run point guard. Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, we're, we're getting in just ridiculous realms with, with Reed Shepard that we probably never dreamed we'd get to as a, you know, seven games into his freshman season.
0: So like you bring up the Stephen Curry name and look, I don't want to dive too deeply into this, but from a feel and like decision-making perspective and how quickly he does things on Mm -hmm. and off the ball, it is kind of like reminiscent. Like, I don't think he's going to be the shooter that Steph is. I don't think he's going to be quite, I don't think he's going to be Stephen Curry. Yeah, yeah, he's not that dynamic. Like, Stephen Curry became one of the most dynamic ball handlers in the NBA. Mm -hmm. There's a case that he's one of the best ball handlers in NBA history, I think. Yeah. I don't think Reed Shepard is going to be that. But just in terms of the feel, making the right decision every single time. Steph obviously gets wild with it sometimes. Like, that was always uh, a factor at Davidson, and Reed doesn't necessarily do that. I actually... Kind of love the role that he's in at Kentucky. They're starting to play more and more on the ball. Mm -hmm. Uh, for Spurts. Obviously, Rob Dillingham comes in and plays on the ball. DJ Wagner starts the game on the ball. You know, that I don't know how long that's gonna last at this point. When Reed comes in and plays on the ball, it feels like the offense flows really well. Mm -hmm. But also when he plays off the ball, I love how quickly he's making decisions. He's able to move that thing around. He's hitting quick reversals. He's hitting quick little cutters if those guys come available. And then additionally, he's shooting 63% from three. And look, I don't think he's a 63% three-point shooter, but I do think he's a legitimate 40%, 45% three-point shooter. Like that's the real talent level that he has as a shot maker. So you have this guy who I think is actually in a similar role to what he would do in the NBA, which makes me wonder if, like, does he need to come back to be on the ball? Like, this is he's actually showcasing the role, in my opinion, that he'll be playing in yeah. in the NBA right now.
1: Yeah, and we you haven't even talked about his defense. Like,
0: I know, right? <laughs>
1: I mean, that's that's where he's even more special. I mean, his he he has a what's his steals rate? Six point nine steals rate um i mean that's got to be top in the country right like last night he blocked a three-pointer and he's yeah. he's only six three um it, it, i got real curious i was like i wonder how many three pointers he's blocked because i feel like it could be five but uh it was he's only blocked the one um but i bet there's some more to come like he's his just instincts and his um, his anticipation on, on both ends of like what's going on in a basketball game. um, You know, with Steph Curry having grown up the son of an NBA player and like learned the yeah. game from somebody who really, really knew it similar deal with Reed. I mean, his dad didn't play in the NBA, but he was a really, really good basketball player. I think his mom played at Kentucky. Um, yeah. So his mom's
0: like a top, his mom's like in the top 10 of like, a Number of Kentucky. statistical categories yeah. in Kentucky, yeah. Um, and, and his dad, uh, his dad did play in the NBA for like a minute, Jeff Shepard. Um, but Jeff it's is obviously him. like I remember that, yeah. Jeff's like extremely well known as like a Kentucky legend at yeah. this point. Um, was most outstanding player at the 1998 Final Four. Uh, th- that's why Reed Shepard has the potential NIL opportunities that he's going to have and why I think that Reed is in a really interesting one and done situation. There's no bad situation. Like you kind of alluded to it. Like imagine being Reed Shepard on the Kentucky campus right now. But I do think that, I mean, we just need to be like very transparent, real about this. Like this is a white dude at Kentucky in a situation that is going to lead to real NIL opportunities in that state the son of a women's basketball legend, a men's basketball legend who won the most outstanding player at the final four, there are going to be a number of opportunities that come his way. And there are going to be donors that, in my opinion, come out of the woodwork that may not be contributing to like the collectives and things like that right now. That probably would be willing to get Reed Shepard back for a second year, which makes me think that like, Reed probably has to go somewhere in like the top 20, 25 to make up the money. Now, if Reed's going to stick in the NBA, and I think he's got a very real shot to, there's real value to being a one-and-done and and being able to get to your second contract quicker. Reed is also a little bit older for a freshman. I think he's already 20 years old. Mm -hmm. So there is real value to him being a one-and-done, in my opinion. Yeah. I think he is a one-and-done. Uh, I think he is, like I said, the best freshman I've seen. Where do you think I have Reed Shepard on my board right now, CJ? Oh man. Twelve. Yeah, I've got him at eleven. <laughs> I'm a, I'm very in.
1: You're like, in. I, You're in. Is, I wonder
0: what his wingspan is. It's gotta I'm really be really interested, yeah.
1: It's gotta be fairly long, just some of the plays he makes. Um and he is, you know, I, I looked it up, he's six three is what they list him at. He might be six, two, who knows? Um, no, I like
0: when I watch him, I think like there's a real shot. I don't think he's six, four, put it that way. No. Like he might be six, two.
1: Yeah. Um, no, it's, I mean, here's the thing about him in the NBA is every coach will fall in love with him. They'll want to play him. Yeah. Cause he, cause yeah. the fact that he is doing what like he's having this amazing start at Kentucky and he's, he's just playing like – but he's, he's playing like perfect ball. And the, the fact that he has a 16% usage rate is kind of impressive. Like imagine your ego when you have a start like that at Kentucky when you are who he is and you're okay with, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to have a 16% usage rate. Um, So yeah. he's he's going to play like however you want him to play as a pro um, and he can hang on the defensive end. I mean, I think that's with like – a white kid as a freshman you're you're worried about a lot of times like are they just going to get cooked defensively and he's a really 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 good defender
0: well look like let's be real about it too like once he hits the nba like there are going to be dudes that go oh we're going to attack the little white kid mm-hmm. right like that's just the reality of the way sure. the nba rolls now i think that he is smart enough i think that his hands are good enough i think he's disruptive with the way that he uses his hands obviously with the steals and blocks his timing is unbelievable. I think like when I watch him, I'm just like, Oh my God, like this guy, his ability to time when guys are going to make passes, when guys are going to go up for shots, contesting shots. It's unbelievable. Like, I I don't know if I've seen much quite like it with somebody like him. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, I'm very in on Reed Shepard. I want guys that are basketball geniuses. Like that is my thing. Like I, I love dudes that just know how to fucking play. Uh, I tweeted this last night and I think somebody like retweeted me and said, like, you know, being good at basketball is underrated in like evaluation for the NBA's purposes. And I'm just like, honestly, sometimes I agree. And this is the case. Like this guy, this type of player right here is the case where just being fucking good at basketball. That's what matters. Like Reed Shepard is clearly awesome at the game of basketball. He plays with good deceleration. He plays with great pace. He understands uh, how to move without the ball. He processes the game quicker than everybody else out on the court. He's, you know, I think he's a better athlete than what people give him credit for. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I just used like the white basketball player dictionary to its fullest, but it's hard. Like he's really good at basketball guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I love guys that actually have feel and have an understanding of how to play. I think we had this su- talk this su- summer at summer league. It was like so clear, the guys that understand how to play ball and the guys who don't at yeah. in that um, environment. And yeah. I think it's where you can start to see the guys who are going to make it and who aren't just because there's some guys who understand how to play. And there's some guys who aren't. And, and, in the college level, sometimes you can hide that with um, some coaches and their systems can hide that. Um, but the way Kentucky's playing, like, it's wide open. Um, it's it's very clear that he knows what the heck he's doing. Here's, here's a question for you. Five years from now, who would you rather have, Reed Shepard or uh,
0: Rob Dillingham? Reed. So here's why, and I, I'm glad that you did that because I wanted to transition to talking about Reed now. What you mean to Rob? Reed Rob, I'm sorry. Yep. Dillingham has been incredible to start the season, and I don't want to take anything away from him whatsoever on the offensive end. Truly, there is nothing that he has showcased that like he can't really do on offense as like a lead creator. You watched him a pretty decent amount in high school, right? Wait, him. A little bit.
1: I yeah. watched him for a game, and I also saw Reed for a game, at least a game or two.
0: Yeah, when I watched Rob in high school, I thought that like he just was kind of a chucker, a little. Yeah, bit. I didn't. I didn't like him. I didn't like how he played. Did the one game I watched. Yeah. Was, yeah. I, I didn't really like how he played either in the tape that I watched, and that is completely the opposite of how he's played at Kentucky so far. Mm-hmm. Like he has been unselfish he has been willing to make plays for his teammates he's played at great pace while also being able to drive transition play and attack out on the break uh he hasn't been over aggressive i think that the passing has been the biggest thing that stood out to me like every time i watch him i'm just like oh no like you can really pass and you found the right balance between going to get your own shot mm-hmm. as well as going to find shots for your teammates i'm glad that matty zolo in the youtube comments brings up he creates some crazy passing angles he does it through eye manipulation a lot of the time too as well i think he does a really really good job of manipulating help defenders into moving where he wants them to go and then finding the angles to hit his teammates i think rob dillingham has been awesome i still think he's been quite bad on defense uh and the frame worries me uh mm-hmm in terms of defending in the NBA, like Reed is stronger and I think is going to be able to hold up a little bit more. Uh, I really worry about like teams just like switching Rob Dillingham onto their best players and just going, yeah, we're going to attack you every time down the court.
1: Yeah. His speed is, is elite though. Um, And that, that, that's where like, um, I think there's a real debate because his speed is, like that's nba speed and there's only a few guys yeah. not even just nba that's elite nba speed um like he made kansas dudes just look like he like they were playing in sand
0: dewan harris is not slow he is not like, slow
1: and he he was there was a stretch of that game where he was running circles around those dudes um yeah. so he's he's intriguing like i think we're still really early i want to see them against more good teams like miami is a really good team but when does really Miami's defense is usually leave something to be desired. So um, I, I, you know, I want to see these guys halfway through the sec and kind of see where they are. Um, but like a Rob Dillingham um, Reed Shepard, I, it would be fun to come back to this debate in February and, and see where we are. Um, but those guys, I, I actually think with, with Rob, I think that him being the guy, you know, and again, we saw a very small sample size of him in high school. I could have caught him yeah. on the wrong day, um, but Reed. When I saw Reed, he played like this in his yeah. his grassroots basketball. Um, I would theorize that coming off the bench for Rob has been the right amount of humility for him um, to kind of get him to, to to really buy into like playing a a good role for Kentucky. So, like, it's one of those situations where maybe it's. Um, you know, a guy coming in, not feeling himself so much because he, okay, I am coming off the bench and um, that's probably been good for him. But yeah, I, I would take both these guys over DJ Wagner right now um, not to rule out him as a prospect or to say he's, you know, he's trash. And it's again, it's been early and some guys just, they all, they all progress at different rates, but um, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Kentucky's best two guards come off the bench.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like Rob coming off the bench is where I'm at because I like the change in pace that he gives. For sure. I would probably start Reed at this point if I was them. But that's just where I'm at on it. Okay, let's move to another team here. Let's talk about our beloved Marquette Golden Eagles. Uh, CJ and I have loved the Marquette basketball team for the last two years. And it's really because of two guys. Really, for me, it's... No, it's two, I think, at this point. It is Tyler Kolek and also Iguodaro. I want to start with Iguodaro because Igodaro is the guy that I've gotten consistently stronger feedback on from NBA people. Mm-hmm. I th- think, again, there's a case that he might be the smartest player in college basketball among bigs, at least. Oh, yeah. When you watch him play... He just is completely and utterly in control of what's happening out there in everything they do within their perimeter-based screening actions and dribble handoffs and everything. Mm -hmm. He has this innate understanding of how and where and when to roll into space and how to create space and how to create uh, driving angles for his guards. Mm -hmm. He's a good screener for somebody who is not like enormous. Right. He's yeah. you know, six eleven, but he's probably two hundred and thirty pounds, let's call him. The ability to, to to flip your
1: hips really quickly and flip a screen, like that's where he gets really valuable. Yeah.
0: A hundred percent. And then on top of it, he is able to differentiate his role despite not being a shooter. Mm-hmm. He can go up and try and catch a lob from Tyler Kolek. He can short roll to pass, and then he can short roll to hit that little push shot floater that he has too that has become just like totally lethal. Mm-hmm. These are the exact kind of guys that translate in the NBA offensively because they can be great offensive players without getting great touches necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's just lethal when he gets touches. And his feel for the game is just astronomically high every time I see him.
1: Yeah, the 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 ability to screen, know how to screen and to play out a pick and roll, I think is one of the most like un- underappreciated things in basketball because you, when the more like the ball screen is so a big, so much a big part of college basketball. And I think there are a lot of programs that like don't actually teach it well. And their guys don't know how to play out of ball screens. Like they run them and they work sometimes. Yeah. But they don't actually know how to play out of them. And, the, and, and big guys who don't really know how to screen and how to change the angle of the screen and how to flip it and all of that such and like he is elite at, at those things. And um here like I'm I'm actually working on a story on Oso right now. Like that's how I spent part of my day today and it's how I will spend all of tomorrow. <laughs> um so so this is this is right up my alley. And uh like here here's another guy that that coaches are just gonna love. And yeah. um to give you a little, little fun, little anecdote that I'll, I'll probably throw in my story, but we'll give you a little preview here. Uh, I was at the Maui Invitational, and after Purdue beats Marquette, I chase down Matt Painter in the um, hallway afterwards before he like goes to gets on the bus to celebrate his his title, and uh, you know I obviously won him for the Purdue story that I'm writing that day, but I also was like, I gotta get him for Oso. So that's the first thing I say. Yeah. I say, I'm doing a story on Oso. He stops dead in his tracks. He turns to me and he goes, Oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> like he was so excited to talk about Oso. Like coaches freaking love that guy because he's he's yeah. so good. And the fact he can hit that that like push shot, I think that's what's exciting about the NBA. Not like all these other things in the field, but like he does yeah. have some kind of ability to score in an NBA game, I actually think he should take the push shot as his free throw. <laughs>
0: like, That's, he's this is guy. a crazy take and I need to hear more about it.
1: <laughs> he, has, it. He, has, he has like no touch. Like he has no, he had a air ball free throw at the Maui Invitational and he had a banked free throw at the Maui Invitational. Yeah, Like he has no feel for like the distance on his, jump shot, which like, I was getting real excited because he was working on his three ball this this uh, offseason and there was some like um, some Instagram footage of him hitting threes at a decent rate uh, which, you know, you always have to take those. This is a lesson that like never take summer yeah. stuff and summer videos for much value but um, you're going to see with his free throw, like he has no um, I don't know if touch is the right word, but like depth perception type thing, but he I is lucky that's that. the right way.
0: Yeah. He's, I think it's like depth perception shot. with the full shot. Like he can't figure that piece of it out. I don't think he's ever going to shoot just like straight up. Like I, no, I, I think no, that I that's that. very, very so. unlikely. Yeah. Um, but everything else is good. And I like the way he's defended this year too. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's actually been pretty good in space. I think that there is some switchability there. I don't think he's going to be like, uh, legitimately switchable NBA big or anything. But like if he gets caught on an island, I think he's mobile and active enough to be able to make it work. I think that the biggest worry that I have is something that a couple of people have brought up in the comments. Uh, a, the Llama Whisperer. Shout out. Great YouTube name. Uh, as a Marquette fan, I do wish Oso would be more aggressive rebounding. Too many volleyball spikes and hits, in my opinion. But I yeah. love his ingenuity as a big. Uh, I totally agree that I think defensive rebounding particularly is where this comes up for me uh offensive rebounding like i'm fine with like the hit outs and tip outs and everything sure. uh defensively i think he needs to be able to really hold up uh and be able to hold his own on the glass and then keeman says uh is there a concern regarding size and strength i mean i'll ask you you were there in person he had to deal with zach edie edie mm-hmm. went for like 28 and 15 on them also got in foul trouble in the first half particularly and then came back in and played really well in the second half. What did you think about him kind of dealing with Edie on the interior? So going into that game, that was my concern because I feel like
1: you can overpower him sometimes in the post. And, yeah. um, but he also, you know, they also played Kansas and I think Hunter had his worst game of the year against, against him. Yeah. um, Marquette outscored Purdue by ten points, I believe. In the in the or no more than that, it was. I have it in my story. It was something like, let's see. I think they got outscored by. uh, I don't know. It was it was like fifteen plus. They outscored them with with Oso in the game or something like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So like he, you know, and his second screen, his second foul was on hedging a ball screen like way out. He shouldn't have gotten it
0: um so it it was was a bad foul call too i thought to be honest yeah i I
1: remember that yeah yeah it was it was a there were a couple questionable ones on him um so he held up pretty good in that in that uh situation and and i will say marquette says that he's the strongest guy in the program and like he went from basically being the weakest when he got there to now he's he's the guy that lifts the most and is the strongest in their program and he's He's pretty good size like you, you when when you go and interview these guys in person, sometimes you get an idea of like how tall they are. Um, I don't know that he's actually 6'11", which I think he's listed at, but he's he's probably not too far off. Um, Zach Eadie is every bit of seven foot four.
0: <laughs> yeah, Zach Eadie's a big dude can confirm. Dirty uh, Dancer in the comments brings up Oso looked more than fine against traditional bigs at UCLA. Yeah, I thought he played really well against the Dembona. Uh, for sure. So
1: for sure, I, and, I I think that part of it he answered in Hawaii.
0: Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah I,
1: I and, and I mean he can he can really get up too. So there's some like yeah. help side block blocking shots ability that's 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 pretty good as well. Um, and he knows how to like go up as a vertical defender. So. Um, I, I just love him. I mean, you, other than the jump, you know, obviously the jump shot's never going to be there. Like you said, I don't think it ever gets there, but um, it's kind of, it's kind of similar to how I felt last year about Andre Jackson. Like there's so much basketball yeah. creativity and realizing you've, you're, you've gone so long without being able to shoot, you realize how to impact the game without it. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. The, and then and Andre Jackson's off to a pretty good start in the NBA, right? I, if I'm not mistaken, he's he's getting actual He's been like, good. He's getting real minutes. Yeah. So um anyway, I I I love also like I, I could go on for days about him. Look, should we should, should we talk Tyler? Well, I'm interested to hear what you think of Tyler.
0: Yeah. Look, I I love Tyler just from like a toughness perspective. I think I was the only person in the preseason to have him in the top 60. Uh I I really like him. I would have him as a first round pick right now uh part of that is like the draft class just to be 100 percent clear mm-hmm. but I-, I watched tyler Kolek and i'm like okay this guy can be a great backup point guard he is super tough mm-hmm. he is a ball screen like maestro like really knows how to use them really knows how to manipulate his big he knows how to work synergistically with his big to be able to create separation from his man mm-hmm. uh I think he can shoot. I mean, I know that the numbers have been up and down throughout his career, but I actually do think he can shoot now. Uh, The decision-making is always on point, like consistently makes the right calls. Uh, It's a lot of like a, I mean, there are going to be a lot of guys in this draft class that I feel like I make this comparison to, but it does remind me a lot of like what Jordan McLaughlin was at like USC. uh, And he has turned into a really strong NBA player. Obviously Tyler's a little bit better than what Jordan was at USC, but like, you know makes the right decisions constantly can shoot doesn't have a lot of holes on the offensive end yeah and he's like pretty big like he's like six three like he's a bigger dude that you can kind of make it work with on that side of the court so when i when i look at tyler i think that he's probably going to be fine if you put him in an nba setting and if you ask him, hey, we need you to run the show for 15, 20 minutes a night. And in this draft, like if I'm getting a backup point guard at number 28, number 30, I'm probably okay with that.
1: Yeah, I, I, um, TJ McConnell kind of comes to mind from, uh, yeah, not, not, not that they're like the same player. Like, I actually think he's a better shooter than TJ. He's 11 of 21 from three so far this year, but kind of having just that, like tough as shit. And knowing how to play and is like going to figure it like he's not as good a defender as TJ is, but um, I I hate to like use another white guy as an example, but um, that's an example that I think, you know, why, why he gets by, let me talk, talk on
0: that for a second. While I go feed my dog, I will be back in 30 seconds. Well, we'll talk about Tyler. So with Tyler, what I really, really like about his game outside of, everything I just mentioned is that he plays at this really strong pace as well. And I think there's just like this level of like herky jerky kind of style that he has to his game that is hard to stay in front of as well. He's very creative around the basket. Uh, obviously like CJ said, he's knocked down shots, looking through his three point percentages throughout the course of his career. You know, obviously he's hitting 52% this season, but last season, he hit 40% from three, hit 80% from the line. He's been a consistent 81% three-point shooter, a free throw shooter throughout the course of his career. And then on top of it, you look at you look at like comparing him to other guys, right? So like Dirty Dancer brings up Kylan Boswell. Um, I think Tyler's just kind of bigger than Kylan Boswell. Uh like you look at them, I think that Tyler plays bigger than Kylan, which allows him to be able to have like a better, I know that like Kylan does a good job at the point of attack defensively. I just worry about Kylan's size, like in a real way in the NBA, he looks small. Tyler doesn't look that small to me when he's on the court. And what he has gotten
1: even better at
0: um, this
1: season, I think like why he's, I don't know if he's what his average is compared to last year, but he is so good at like getting into the lane, getting within 10 feet, and just kind of sticking his shoulder in you and getting those hook shots up with like incredible touch. He's making those at a really, really high rate. Those are really hard shots. And he's doing it over guys with like legit NBA athleticism and length. And that's why I think like you get excited about him at the next level, because when you can make shots like that um, against like legit, good long defenders, like that kind of stuff can translate and um, that, that's why I would like if I'm a, a pro scout, I'm like, OK, this is interesting. Like, you know, maybe he's not as quick as I want or, um, you know, but he, defensively, whatever. But he's hes going to battle. He's going to make the right play. Um, he's pretty strong. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, Cam Jones is, is the other guy I told you I'd, I'd, I'd consider from that team. Like, I love Marquette. I think you say two guys. I say at least three because I think Cam Jones is one uh, of the most creative. To scorers. be clear,
0: if you go out into like the twenty twenty five and twenty six classes, even like of like potential draft picks, I think there's even more than Cam Jones. Like I think Chase Ross is really interesting. Like I think, oh yeah, like, sure, they've Chase, got like real Chase, dudes on that team. Chase Ross is the next one for
1: them, um, but uh, C- Cam is one of the most creative scores in the country, yeah. and I think that kind of creativity. Um, you know, just dudes that can just go get buckets is you, you know, th- that kind of stuff works in the NBA, like a, a bones Highland, um, has, you know, made a living in the NBA, just guys that can figure out how to go get buckets and, and just kind of have that playground, um, creativity to them. Um, yeah. that's, that's cam to me. Like he does things on the court that you just don't see other people try and, uh, yeah. a, a ridiculous layup maker below the rim too.
0: Yeah. I So, like, you mentioned Reed Shepard coming back to, like, run the show at Kentucky. I would actually like to see Cam Jones go back to Marquette next year and, like, run the show at Marquette a little bit. I would yeah. really like to see what his passing and, like, playmaking ability looks like. Because ultimately, yeah, Cam is, like, he's listed at 6'5". Do you think he's 6'5"? No. But... Yeah, neither do I. Six, like I might be six, four, but they, they do so much,
1: um, you know, with their... Playing two man, three man games, like a lot of yeah. games. his stuff with Oso this year. If you watch when they get to do their two man game, is even more creative this season. Yeah, like it's it's arguably just as good as Tyler and and Oso. Um, so yeah. I do think he gets to do point guard type stuff, even though he's not the point guard sometimes. Um, but yeah, I, I could see him being a point guard, maybe the next. But really, he's just a kind of a combo come in and off your bench and, and get some buckets yeah. kind of guy.
0: The Llama Whisperer brings up the best soundbite of the year is the Jay Billis moan during the Kansas Marquette game after one of Colex passes to Oso. I'll have to, I'll have to go back and watch that. I, I was there. So I was there. The, the one that actually stands out to me is I literally had to send somebody close to Tyler uh, a text message saying i'm gonna need you to ask tyler at some point did he mean to hit the corner here or is he trying to hit the dump off it's the ucla game uh it looks like it's at i'm like pulling up the clip right now because i have it saved because i'm a psychopath who saves all of these clips um i think it's at like the one looks like the five minute mark maybe of the of the half i'm like trying i'm literally trying to like pull it up full screen yeah five minute mark of the first half basically he throws this pass between a window i swear to god i don't know how a ball fit through this window like the window was smaller than the size of a basketball and tyler it looks it looked like he was throwing a dump off to oso and it got all the way to the corner, but then you realize like he had to put enough zip on it for it to actually get to the corner. So therefore it had to be to the corner the whole time. It completely made no sense to me whatsoever. Seeing what's, him throw what's this. The time, what's the timestamp on that? I'm pulling it up. <laughs> Five nineteen. It looks like the clip starts at it's like left in the first half or second left in the first half. And it looks like he's throwing a dump off to Ben Gold. Uh, And it's just like, I don't understand how he did this. It leads to a David Joplin three. Yes, that's absolutely right. It leads to a Joplin three. Like I'll hit pause on the window here. Like he here, I can try and bring it up on my screen. need to reduce some tabs first, but. Let's see here. So. <laughs> okay. S- oops. Yeah. Do you see this? Like it's an insane pass. Um, so.
1: I think. Uh, let's see. Go back. So.
0: <laughs> so it's, it's not this. It's not this one. It's the first one. I'll let it run through again. I'm, I'm watching it okay, on my lovely. own here. Yeah. yeah so it's it's gonna be this one through he somehow gets that to the corner. I don't understand how he got that ball to the corner uh it makes There's no so sense much heat that. on it that I do want I do
1: think it's to the to to Joplin
0: at first, I think it's
1: to the corner at first I thought it was maybe meant for gold. does he throw this with his right
0: hand? yes <laughs> it's an offhand pass yeah. It's nonsensical CJ. Like it makes no sense to me whatsoever that he made this pass. It it almost looks like if you slow it down, it almost looks like Ben gold back taps it too. A little bit. Yeah. But it's, I don't think he does like you can't back tap it like that on target, like into the shooting pocket. Like that'd be insane. If that, if Ben gold did that, Ben gold is like a top five draft prospect. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there's no circumstance where that got back tapped directly into the shooting pocket. There's, a, um,
1: there's a play I put in the, I mean, this is, this is like what watching Marquette basketball is, is, is all about. There's a play I put in the power rankings um, or not the, I guess it's the top 25, whatever you want to call it um, from the week before where Oso steals a ball between his legs and, and, or like steals it and, and starts the break by, back tapping it through his legs um to, to get the break going. Yeah, I saw that.
0: I saw that play. That's an insane play. <laughs> it's a totally insane play where he taps it, it through fun. his legs. Yeah, they
1: just do fun stuff.
0: But yeah, that, that, that
1: might have been to the to the corner. He 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 sees um he sees when I mean yeah he's 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 really fun to to watch play. This, this is how I try to play the game of basketball, so I, so I really...
0: <laughs> so you're just all in. I yeah. love it so much. <laughs> so let's take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to dive into some other guys. We're going to talk Ryan Dunn, Kobe Johnson, some other guys, but we wanted to take a lot of time on Kentucky and Marquette because they have like just really, really fun group of dudes right now. We're talking about players securing the bag when they get drafted in June. I need to tell you about securing your internet connection with NordVPN. What is a VPN? It's a virtual private network. A VPN reroutes your traffic through a remote server encrypting it in the process. This is gonna hide your location from your ISP hackers and from other people looking to get your data. Everybody knows that I watch as many movies as I can. I think I've probably watched like 40 or 50 this year already. As somebody who's always on the go, connecting to public Wi-Fi is a necessity, but it's also just a goldmine for hackers. That's where Nord comes in, creating a secure tunnel for my data to travel through away from prying guys. There are other benefits to Nord as well. Your browsing history is yours and yours alone. Your virtual location is masked from those who seek to track your every move. It's like having a force field around your online identity. Nord VPN also goes the extra mile with threat protection. Malware, trackers, dodgy ads, they're all going to get blocked. It's like having a shop blocking big around your devices 24-7. Game Theory is offering an exclusive deal for NordVPN. You're going to get four extra months and up to 75% off subscriptions. Just head to nordvpn.com slash gametheory, G-A-M-E-T-H-E-O-R-Y, to claim your account. Plus, With Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Go to nordvpn.com slash gametheory to claim your account, nordvpn.com slash gametheory. Guys, I can't emphasize enough uh, how much I use Nord every day of my life. Uh, Nord is a fantastic sponsor for us. So go support Nord, and it's a great product. So nordvpn.com slash gametheory. okay cj let's start with ryan dunn because i think dunn is probably the highest upside out of all of these guys i have not seen a better defensive player in college basketball this year point Mm -hmm. blank period uh apologies to ryan kulkbrenner apologies to some of the other great defensive bigs i think done has been better than them to this point uh when i watch him defend he is switchable at the very least one through four he guards college level fives like without real issue uh, mm-hmm. i don't know if he'll be able to guard nba level fives but certainly college level fives he can get out onto ones without really any problem uh they have him like in the florida game like he was guarding tyree samuel for most of that game he was like six foot ten two hundred and you know 30 pounds whatever he is his help rotations are some of the craziest help rotations i feel like i have seen in college basketball from a wing in a long time like his scramble ability to come and block shots around the basket uh as a weak side rotational defender uh his rotations like in any sort of help situation are just always on time and on point. His hands getting steals is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I think that like for his age where he is, I think he's 20, maybe going to be 21 before the draft. uh, I
1: think that's right.
0: Yeah. I think he might be like the best college young wing defender I've seen since OG and Anobi. Uh if not, he's like very much in the conversation there.
1: Yeah. He's, he's, he's really good. And, and guys that come out of that program, like know how to play. Um, yeah. I think, I think that has some value as well. Um, and know how to defend at like a high level. And he's got all the tools as well. Um, like the, I, I watched the West Virginia game today to just kind of prep. Cause, cause I know you've been going on about Ryan Dunn and, um, I haven't had a chance to watch a full one of their games yet and so I want to see um, when when somebody else has the ball and he's guarding them like that's a really dangerous thing to do the, I think the the hands thing is 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 that cannot be like overstated like how quick and strong his hands are um, and he guarded in part of that game um, he guarded West Virginia's um, Jesse Edwards. So to, 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 yeah. to, do the one through five and Jesse Edwards is probably a top five, top 10 center in the game. He's, he's playing on a bad team, but he's, he's
0: pretty good. Yeah. I'm I don't a know. A little bit lower on Jesse Not, than some people are, but yeah, top, I top five is,
1: is probably an overreact. I'm, I'm just now thinking, yeah. wow, there's a lot of good centers in college basketball, but he might be top 10, top 15 ish. Like he's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, he he handled himself fine. Like he didn't guard him that many possessions, but they, they did put him on him for, for a little bit. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm there with you defensively. I think offensively is obviously where his limitations are. I the jump shot to me, um, maybe it gets there someday, and he's he's young, and so who knows? Um, it's not very good, um, but he he is a really good cutter, and he's a good finisher around the basket, and um, like he plays, it's kind of a hard role to be able to show much offensively because he's basically playing one of the screeners and blocker mover. Um, but he does know how to cut and he knows how to screen and he knows how to play basketball. Um, and, he, you know, he's not going to play a role where he's going to be asked to do that much offensively. Um, I mean, the, the, the guy that kind of comes to mind of what his like role could be in the NBA and and it's it's one of those guys you always hope can uh, can become eventually a shooter but doesn't is um who's the who's a young fellow that was at who played at washington um matisse Steibel? yeah matisse theibel um yeah. that kind of comes to mind Is like just a special special defender but you know is limited offensively you worry about like the playoffs but um yeah a really really special defender
0: I, I think he's i think he's closer to herb jones uh stylistically than matisse matisse is like a Like Maven off the ball, where like he's just flying around and like getting deflections and steals and everything, and is like wildly over aggressive. I think Ryan isn't over aggressive. I think he's just like timely and aggressive. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's a difference between like not
1: Herb Jones offensively
0: though, right? No, well, like Herb, Herb played point guard sometimes for Alabama, and like Herb could do things. Yeah yeah but like if you remember herb early at alabama it, it was like a real real struggle yeah. uh so herb jones in his let's see here first three years probably at alabama averaged 4.2 points 6.4 points 7.9 points uh shot total over those three years and he started for like a lot of those all three of those years like he was right. an impact player from the jump uh shot 43.8 percent from the field 23 percent from three on under one three-point attempt per game and then Mm -hmm. took the big leap as a senior where he was averaging like 11 points seven rebounds three and a half assists and was like i think he won sec player of the year that year which was like pretty rightfully given to him if Mm -hmm. he won it uh yeah he did um so i i look at Somebody like her, but I think that there is some potential for Ryan. Ryan's also like a real late bloomer physically. Uh, he went from being like six foot three and being like a low major recruit kind of to jumping up to like six foot eight. And then it was just like, oh, like, you know, Virginia's calling. There's some high school or uh, high majors calling. So mm-hmm. you never know kind of what the impacts on a guy's jump shot can be when you're growing that much, right? Like the whole trajectory of your jump shot changes, like everything from like your lower half changes when that happens. So it's really hard. I think it's really, really hard to know where exactly his level is going to be as an offensive player right now. It's not high right now, but have you looked at his defensive metric numbers yet? CJ? I, uh,
1: I did look at the synergy stuff, which you, you always have to take with a grain of salt. Um, because it's not perfect, but, um, yeah,
0: yeah he's given up. I just people. mean pure, pure block and steal rate where he, oh, okay. okay. All right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're both very high. We're, I think I, I, I have it written down here. 11.6 block rate, 6.7 steals rate. Like that's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Where do you think those rank nationally
1: in, in each, like if you, in each category, in each category, Uh, block rate. He's probably top 15 steals rate, probably top five.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He is top 19 in block rate and sixth in steal rate right now. I can't remember somebody that was that high in both. Yeah. If you put those numbers together, I'm sure he's probably highest in the country. Yeah. The impact that he's making on that end of the court is so drastic and real. Mm -hmm. I have him as a late lottery guy right now. I know that the offense is a real problem. I get it. I think the defense is so high end that like he is like Herb Jones, the upside and Herb Jones would have been a lottery pick. I had Herb Jones as a first rounder that year. He ended up going in the second. Um, Talk your you shit, know, Sam. Talk your yeah, shit. I will. Uh, <laughs> but Ryan can't pass like Herb did. Like Herb could really yeah. move the ball. Herb could do some things differently. Um, He's taller is- than
1: Herb, right?
0: Yeah, he's probably 6'8. Herb's like, you know, 6'7, something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes. The next defense first prospect I want to talk about is Kobe Johnson. I have Kobe Johnson in my top 20 right now. Uh, Kobe, I think, has been incredible on the defensive end, and it started from game one. You're, uh, you're located in Kansas. You saw that Kansas State game. What did he do to Arthur Kaluma, CJ? <laughs> uh, here, here. I'm, I'm pulling up our text.
1: Uh, <laughs> I said, uh, I said, uh, where was it? I don't know. Let's see. Am I the blue? Yeah. Because um, I was, I was going nuts about Kobe. I think we both were going nuts about Kobe. Yeah. I, I like after I watched that game. Um, I have it in one of my stories what he did to uh, Arthur Kaluma. If you if you want to give me a second, I can look it up. But he just totally shut Arthur Kaluma down. Like that dude could not do anything. But I think the difference between Kobe and most of these defense first guys that we're talking about, um, like Orion Dunn, is like Kobe's actually a, has potential as an offensive player. I think he's shooting north of just barely north of 40 from three. Um, so far this year. And I watched their summer stuff. I thought he looked really good um with the yeah. ball in his hands there. And he plays with two ball dominant guards. Um and, and he's playing that role pretty well. So like their team long term that that I like, their chances. Um I think I dropped them out of the, the rankings this week just because they took a they took a bad l this past. They lost week. to right.
0: Oklahoma, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah, that's
1: not that's not a bad L. Actually I actually like I'm high on Oklahoma, but now that you've lost, you know two games, I dropped you out. But um, Oklahoma is another team we could. We don't need to go down the that that hole today. But uh, you, have you watched Oklahoma yet? Uh,
0: I did not watch this game against USC yet. No, I'm, I'm excited to do so. Uh, yeah. I know that pe- people are excited about Jv and McCollum, but again, like he's just like really, really small. Remember though, when I
1: when when me and you talked about. Uh, is my my loose who's on i can this is, loose is on yeah yeah why well, i don't do radio and why i write things um because i sometimes <laughs> i can't pronounce names uh otigua uh, Owa might be the other kid's name that yeah. probably mispronouncing he do you remember i told you i was like watch that guy too like he he's got a chance yeah you did he's really athletic and i think he's leading them in scoring so far or he's right there with, yep. with uh Javion. so but no i i think uh kobe that, that to, to go back to it, like he can actually score the ball and is like, your kind of prototypical three and D wing
0: hundred percent. Yeah. And like he's three and D plus kind of, because he can really pass the ball. He can really defend. And then on top of it, he's hitting 42% from three. He hit 36% from three last year. I like that he's up the volume from three this year as well. Uh, I, I think he's been tremendous every single time that I've seen him play. It's a complete game the best tape I've watched this year is still the USC and uh, mega tape from this summer where him against Nikola Topic, who you're probably not super familiar with, but Nikola Topic is probably going to go somewhere in like the top six of this draft class right now. If you made me bet Uh, he's this point guard, that's like six foot six and is like a pick and roll maestro and watching him and Kobe Johnson, like, manipulate each other with Kobe as the backside defender and Topic always trying to hit that like third level trying to find those reads Mm -hmm. they were just clearly like playing cat and mouse against one another it was not Topic didn't care who was in front of him and Kobe Johnson like kind of didn't care who he was guarding they were both trying to read each other the whole time and like they both got each other uh like Topic got this incredible steal on him to uh topich uh johnson got this incredible steal on him topich got like this awesome cross corner kick out having moved kobe johnson like off of the man th- th- that truly if you guys can find that tape like watch it it's amazing it's like truly some of the coolest stuff i've seen this year um but this is what kobe johnson can do and this is why he's such a valuable player in my opinion in this class he can just really really play and then the other guy is a guy that you know you went to kansas you know lawrence well uh Kevin McCuller has been interesting this year. I think that obviously he's a phenomenal, phenomenal defensive player. I like what he's done as a passer this year and as a playmaker in secondary actions next to Dewan Harris. Uh, that team is still trying to figure out what it is. I think offensively a little bit with Hunter and with Dewan, and then Kevin is there and they need another guy to step up. It feels like with Johnny Furphy and El Marco Jackson, but they've been really intriguing to watch just because Uh, McCuller has been quite good, I think, for Kansas. Uh, All right.
1: I'll I'll, I'll get to Kevin in a second. I got the Kobe Johnson stats for you. You Ready? Here we go. He created – he had four steals and created five other turnovers. So nine turnovers created total in that game. And he held Kaluma to six points on one of 11 shooting.
0: Yeah, it was gross. It was a gross basketball game. (laughs) <laughs> uh, what he did to Arthur Kaluma, it was just mean. Like honestly, it was just kind of mean. It felt like, yeah, uh, yeah. it was incredible. But so,
1: McCuller. McCuller, I um, I'm a McCuller fan, and and I, I said this to see you off air. Um, it kind of reminds me of um, Christian Brown. And if you watch Christian, like Christian Brown, could shoot it decent at Kansas. I'm pretty sure his NBA shooting numbers are pretty bad from three. But he still gets a lot of minutes and plays valuable role for the Nuggets because he knows how to cut, he can finish at the basket, he knows how to play, he's going to guard, he's going to try really hard. And like, if you go back and watch that Marquette, Marquette, Mar- 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 can I talk that Marquette <laughs> Mar- game? Sound like a cans in there, right? Uh, if you if you go back and watch that Marquette game, uh, the the guy that was like competing his ass off until the very end and that was pissed off that they were losing was Kevin McColar? Like he is one of the most competitive dudes in college basketball. He is, he will talk his shit. Um, he, he had Shaka a uh, smart as well. The shock <laughs> smart. Got, got that. fight going. If, if you go back and watch their summer stuff, when they played the Bahamas, they're interviewing buddy healed afterwards. It's, it's one of the most hilarious clips ever. They're interviewing buddy healed on the broadcast during the second half. Cause I think buddy sat out the second half and they're like, oh, what do you think of Kevin? He's like, yeah, like you can really guard. He's like, and Mag, he got he talks a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking shit he yield. Uh, so like he and I, I was at the um, the Arkansas game last year. He was having like a verbal conference, like talking shit back and forth throughout that game with a lady in the first row in the Arkansas section. Like he <laughs> he is just super super competitive. And I, I need to document all this in a story at some point, but, uh, and I'm sure I will. That Wait. will
0: be fun. He's speaking of the Marquette game. The funniest soundbite I've heard from anybody this year is still bill self gets asked about his like little tête tête with Jocka smart. Right. And Shaka <laughs> was like super diplomatic about it. Like in the press conference, he's just like, yeah, like we just, we're Marquette. Like we're not going to take, you know, anything from anybody. Uh-huh. And Bill Self gets asked about it. He goes, yeah, whatever he said, you know, it's definitely not true. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was,
1: it was pretty good. Uh, But no, Kevin's, but Kevin just know, like he will, he can guard um, really good anticipation. um, Pretty good shot blocker for his size gets his hands on a lot of balls. Like I talked about earlier in the show when we were talking about Reed Shepard, like one of the best defensive backs in the country, just like reading on the um, second side, on the help side, Um, you know, he just knows where the ball is supposed to go, where it's going to go. His turnovers are really, really high this year, and that could be a knock against him. But honestly, it's just because they're trying to force feed it into Hunter Dickinson and, and throwing angled post, trying to throw those post passes over guys is it's just going to lead to some turnovers Um, and not all of them are his fault. So I I wouldn't really, like, I wouldn't say he's a turnover prone guy. That's where you have to like, actually go watch the tape and understand that um, he's kick these turnovers are happening because of the way they're playing. I don't, you know, he's not going to be trying to throw it into the post 20 times in an NBA game. The the shot is still concerning because I thought it was better this summer. I thought he had made progress. He shot it pretty well early. But um, since their first game, I don't know, I I was looking at today. um, He's probably shot south of 25% from three since their first game, um, which he shot it well. I think that his confidence kind of comes and goes on his jumper. And you wish like he would get to like why he's back into school is to show that he can shoot it at a consistent level. And I'm not sure that ever – or at least is going to happen this year in his final year of eligibility. We'll see. Maybe it'll come around. But he, to his credit, like he is getting, he is putting up points. He think he's averaging eighteen or so a game. Like he's done, he's done a really good job of he's almost taken the Jalen Wilson rollover of he's just going to bulldoze his way to the basket. He's really good in transition. Um, he's a good player. He's he's like a guy that you can trust to put on an NBA floor. Know he's going to play the right way. Know he's going to make the right passes. Know he's go- he understands how to cut. He's a really good cutter, and he's going to guard his yes. ass off. So um, he, he's the type of guy that'll probably go lower in the draft, than the te- and the team who gets him will be like, teams in front of us probably should have taken that guy somewhere in the 20s.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that that's a very real potential outcome for him. I think I would still take him in the 30s just because I'm a little bit worried about the shooting. Uh, and that's just such a critical part of today's NBA. Like, you really yeah. have to be able to shoot. Like, Christian is at least somebody that can step in and knock down a shot. But uh, yeah, I don't know that about Kevin. The other guy that you love that we haven't talked about yet, we're going to move away from defense now, uh, is Dalton Connect. And really? Dalton Connect this year. Has been, uh, I'm pulling up the numbers now, averaging 17 and a half points, 4.7 rebounds, 1.8 assists, 45% from the field, 38% from three, 82% from the line at Tennessee, Tennessee. It's very clear, like is building their offense around him and his ability to knock down shots off of movement, his ability to occasionally run some ball screens. Uh, they're using him, you know, out of the post occasionally, mm-hmm it's like they're very clearly making him the guy and he's also averaging they've played four games against high majors so far three of whom against high majors that i think are really good in wisconsin purdue and kansas he's averaging 17 and a half in those games so far too so i've been really really impressed with dalton connects offense uh i think that it's a very translatable skill set we'll see what it looks like defensively i think uh I thought he did well in the Wisconsin game. They had him guarding AJ store. Who's like this big physical dude. And then I thought like in Maui, I thought it was rough. We'll just leave it at that. But what did you think?
1: Um, I I think there's definitely progress to be made there, but that's why he's at Tennessee. Like I'm, I'm also working on a story on him. Like that's why he chose Tennessee to, to like go learn how to guard basically. Um, and yeah. there's there's moments where you can see it, and he's athletic enough that I think eventually he'll figure it out. I think he's almost like a freshman, and this is his first introduction to really high level basketball, and so they're going to yeah. be kind of some growing pains there. Um, I thought, like, I, I I honestly offensively, I think the NBA spacing will be good for his game because yeah. he's one of those rare guys who is a like legit three level scorer. Like he's he's done really well from the mid range so far. He's finishing – I don't have his finishing numbers in front of me, but I know – I think he made his first 11 shots at the rim all season. Um, He's a really, really good finisher and, like, athletic finishes with both hands. Like, he had a play in one of the first few games. might have been the Wisconsin game where he's, like – basically takes off from the free throw line and, like, floats in and makes a lefty scoop in transition. Yeah. And, you know, he can score over length. Um, the jump shot release is really high. He's a little flat footed on it, but it's, it's really high. Um, I'd like to see maybe a little more arc on his shot. And like, sometimes I worry about guys with kind of flatter shots when they go back further to that NBA line, but I've watched him shoot in practice and, um, and then now like he was shooting the heck out of it in their practices in in Honolulu. and, um, his three point numbers have been, What's he at so far? 37-9. Like, I honestly think he's probably more like a – he's probably a 40% shooter this year from three. Like, I think he's a legit yep. good shooter, and he's shooting a lot of them. Um, So, I, I like him. And and the the spacing point I was going to make, like the Purdue game, I thought they kind of shrunk the floor on him, and, and Braden yep. Smith is, like, really, really good at basically closing a driving lane really quickly. Um, yep. That bothered him somewhat, but he still got 16 in that game. And um, yeah, he, he can, he can really score like skill wise. And just like, he'll look great in a combine type setting, like in workouts, he's going to look awesome. Um, It's just kind of getting used to high level basketball, the reads and that kind of stuff that I think is going to be a work in progress. Also, mostly on the defensive end this year, but from talking to people about him, like, I think he's a worker and I think it's sometimes good when a guy comes from like nothing, guy played juco ball played uh two years at northern colorado um to be able to like have an ex- have an experienced like people not telling you you're awesome for all your life sometimes those late boomers are um you know end up being pretty good workers and pretty good players and but but just from a skill tools and um the tools and the in the like actually having the body and um the profile there is is, is pretty high.
0: Well he, he's a real athlete too. Like yeah. he can really jump, like he has movement skills. His hips aren't like phenomenal, I don't think, but he very clearly can adjust in midair on some things as well. Yeah. Uh can rebalance himself. It feels like he he's an impressive, impressive dude offensively. Where the defense settles this year is gonna A, I think hold a lot of where his draft stock ends up, and B, Kind of where Tennessee ends up because they're going to need him to be able to defend as well. Tennessee is a program built around defense. It's why you and I were quite high on them coming into the year, and I'm still very, very high on them yeah. uh, based off of what we've seen. Uh, they're they're going to be really good with Connect and Jordan Ganey has been pretty good as a shooter so far. <laughs> uh, Vescovy hasn't even made shots yet, and I think that he's been pretty good. Uh, and you look at like the defense guys with you know uh, Jonas Adu. Jemai Mayshak, like they have some dudes that can really, really play. Josiah Jordan James is like a good two-way player who's got to be 23 years old at this point. And this is without them having gotten anything yet from Freddie DeLeon. And then if they can get something from Cam Carr as well, offensively, they're going to be really good. That's like, the next they, they, That's the one to watch. Like,
1: I don't know that he does anything this year, but they, they think like he's, he's the next yeah. one. That could and, and watching him, he can re- he shoots it really really well. His shot's nice, and he's he's tall. He's just skinny. Um, yeah,
0: it's just going to take him a minute and college. Yeah, it's like yeah.
1: Johnny Furphy at Kansas. He's a year away from from being probably anything. Um, yeah, but the the, the the one guy you didn't mention too is the like, like Ziegler. Like I don't think he's right yet. If yeah, he if he is healthy down the road, like they'll 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 be a pretty good team. Their their center spot concerns me offensively. Um, and you know we're your show that talks about draft prospects, so you probably don't care about. But but I I am still high on them. But yeah, I I think he's I think he's going to get better as the season goes along defensively. Like some guys are thinking so much offensively now. Like freshman, mm. like, he's a freshman in a way, and and a lot of times the guys are thinking too much on on offense and it's slowing them down. I think he's thinking too much on defense and it's slowing them down a little bit. And so I yeah. do think he'll he'll get there eventually because the athletic component is, is there and the want to like, he's got a desire to guard. He's not one of those score That's just like, I'm going to get my buckets and then you got, I'll take care of that down on that end. Like he wants to guard. He has that desire.
0: Uh, we'll zoom through some last guys here. I'll have you on again and we'll talk about some more guys in detail, but, uh, Alex Caraban, I think has been super impressive for Connecticut so far. And the shot hasn't even fallen yet. Uh, Every time I watch Alex Caravan, I'm just like, okay, this guy's six foot eight, very clearly knows how to move without the ball. I think he's a really underrated defender and I definitely think he can shoot. Like He's hitting 31% from three right now and uh, that won't hold, but I think Alex Caravan's been quite good. Uh, Keisha Johnson at Arizona has been an interesting like, four man that is very different from what they've had there in the first couple of years uh, under Tommy Lloyd, where they have played a lot more two bigs. Keyshot is more of like an athletic four man that is good defensively and cuts and makes the right plays consistently. Uh, I I like what I've seen from him in terms of changing the game athletically, being able to make plays that way. Um, I like PJ Hall at Clemson. I think he's been impressive. Uh, Have you watched Florida state yet? So I, (laughs) this is what's great about
1: you, Sam. Like you, you put in your text this morning. Um, you know, a list, a list of dudes that include, yeah. um, say, say the dude's name again. Cause I'm, I'm Jameer Watkins, Jameer Watkins. And so like, I'm reading through the list last night, right before I go to bed, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can talk about all those guys. Jameer Watkins. I'm not going to write this back to Sam. Cause I don't, <laughs> don't want to look like I'm not a diehard, hard I got no clue who Jameer Watkins is. Cause I hadn't watched Forest eight yet, but I, yeah. I did, I did pop on. Um, I watched a bunch, I watched like a part of one of their games. And I watched a bunch of his synergy clips. And so that's where I, I don't have the feel for like what his feel is like, but I will say, yeah. and, and we're both basketball nerds and, and we, we usually have a pretty good grasp of like
0: whose players are not. We got to admit he wasn't on our transfer list, right? No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't at all. He transferred in from VCU this year. Yeah. We ranked a hundred transfers mm-hmm. like easy. And yeah. he was not on our list. Uh, he he has been super impressive. Is like we we fucked that up. We just need to be real about yeah. that. No, no, we did
1: like, for sure. We fucked that up. Hey, um, yeah, it's it to Leonard. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Le- Leonard, Leonard finds
0: these dudes that are six seven athletes and figures in, out how to make the roads having a guy yeah.
1: like on his program. He is he is old for his grade. I looked that up. Yeah, um, he turns twenty three
0: like right around draft day this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But he like from a going back to you know the argument I made with Dalton like the size athleticism thing and the the being able to finish at the rim um and it looks he, like he's, he's got he's, he's finishing above the rim. <laughs> he's finishing above the rim. So is Dalton. So is Dalton. Both of them. Yeah. Um but like got a little dribble game to him just being able to kind of get in tight little windows and um so he had a travel call in him in one game that wasn't a travel, just like, but it was like some creativity, um, you know, Euro stepping or something around some guys. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. Like I, I want to watch some full games and kind of see what he's like um, as yeah. a defender, but, but I did see him making some, some impressive plays on the offensive end that, that was a, that was a big miss by us. um, yeah. But the, the the shooting's not there he's not not much of a shot but man the the size and like um the athletic ability and the finishing ability and the the be able, and his his assists are pretty high up which he didn't really show at vcu
0: yeah the, the passing is what stood out to me for sure yeah. like the fact that this dude can make the passing reads that he does out of ball screens like he he's been super 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 impressive to this point uh you know six foot seven wing kind of guard like i i the way Florida state plays, like they obviously play all of these dudes that are just big and long and athletic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, like if you wanted to call him their point guard, like he kind of shares it with Jalen Warley, both of whom are six foot seven. Like, I, I guess I would say that he's kind of been their best guard this year, but, yeah. uh, six, seven wing, 14 points, six rebounds, 4.4 assists, 1.8 steals. 2.4 turnovers 52 percent from the field 71 percent from the line uh only making 29 percent of his threes and hasn't really been much of a shooter throughout the course of his career but man i watched the colorado game and i went in thinking like okay i'm excited i'm gonna see like cody williams i'm gonna see baba miller i want to see tristan da silva who i like and jameer Watkins was like just popped off the screen and I was like, oh wait, like this is actually a dude. Um I mentioned a bunch of names before that, obviously. Uh Des Claude is a guy at Xavier that I quite like. A- any direction you want to take that, like by all means, outside of Jameer Watkins.
1: Um, I'm I'm with you with Alex Caravan. I I love like just to talk about another guy who knows how to play basketball, um, knows how to get out of screens and find open space. Um, you mentioned his defense. Did you watch the Indiana game? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was a little concerned with I thought um Malik Renault kind of had his way with him and kinda could, could overpower him a little bit. So yeah. Um I, I that might be a concern, like big wings taking him into the post and kind of being able to to bully him there. Um but another guy that in like you said, I don't what's he so far from three, like in the mid thirties? Uh
0: so he's at thirty one this year, uh but he hit forty just, last year. It's just surprising. Like,
1: like, like you watch their yeah. games and you think he's hitting it at a higher rate than that? Um, the, yeah. the other thing, was, he'll you know, he'll
0: make them at a higher rate than
1: that. He will. He's a better shooter yeah. than that. Yeah, they also clean up like every single miss ever. So they I still know, keep right. Them
0: yeah, like speaking of the Indiana game, like I feel like I've seen people and look, I, this is not a podcast where I want to shit on guys, but like I've seen people bring up like Khalil Ware, like having played well and like you know done really well defensively against Donovan Klingon in that game. Dolphin Klingon had seven offensive rebounds in that game and Connecticut like repeatedly attacked Khalil Ware in Mm -hmm. ball screens like tried to get him in space feeling like he was not able to manage his gap between the roller and the um the ball handler and then they just like repeatedly hit kickouts like they won that game by 20. You know I, I didn't think Khalil played like as bad as he did at Oregon but like I didn't see NBA prospect in that game when I watched Khalil Ware yeah he had a couple
1: decent moments um I think it, it watching it from a like I'm about to cover Kansas Connecticut I think Hunter Dickinson can yeah. get some pick and pops and because you know they they drop um Klingon back in such a deep drop and I think he has trouble getting out the three-point line that's where Ware had a couple decent moments in that game um, but man, speaking of like guys that are supposed to be NBA prospects, probably and were five stars, McKenzie and Baco was a nightmare in that game. Like, yeah, he he's
0: not been really bad very def- good,
1: really bad defensively, and he hasn't been very good offensively. Like, had yeah. no idea what he was doing defensively. Uh,
0: yeah, he he won't he won't be on my top no. 100. And, and like to be clear, like I, I only rank freshmen this early in the season in the top 50, so it means like he's not in my top 50, but. Yeah. McKenzie's got a, got a minute here. I think yeah. he, he's going to yeah. be at Indiana. I think.
1: Yeah. For, for a while. He's, you know, I don't like to like crap on guys like that too hard, but like uh, that, that was one of my takeaways from that Is Like that guy, he needs, I'm surprised they're playing him as many minutes as, as they are. And can, can, can Indiana just get a guy that can make a jump shot?
0: Yeah, <laughs> they, they really, they really need it. I mean, just play Gabe cups, like just, just rock. Right. Um, All right. CJ. Uh, is there anyone else you want to bring up? Like, I, I feel like I'm through like actually here. We got one more. H- has Harrison Ingram resurrected himself as a draft prospect? I'm going to answer this question as like, I, I think that he's really helped himself and he definitely will be like probably in my top 75 right now. Uh, knocking down threes at a real level. I want to see exactly where that settles in, but the shot looks better. Uh, he's I think using his passing and processing ability in a more translatable way to what it would be in the NBA. Uh, They're using him more as like a true wing as opposed to Stanford who used him as like a point forward. And like, they'd let him do all sorts of stuff on the break and like really play with the ball in his hands a lot. I like the way North Carolina is using Harrison Ingram a lot more than the way Stanford did. And because of that, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued by Ingram. He's big six foot eight with a seven foot wingspan uh, has the size I don't know if he's athletic enough. Like I don't really see him as like a first rounder in all likelihood, unless he is an elite fucking shooter, but he's helped himself a lot this year. I think so far. Uh, and do, do you have any thoughts? I'll pull up what his like in season numbers are while you're talking CJ.
1: No, I I've, I'll be honest. I've, I've casually watched them so far. Like I haven't yeah. really d- d- dived deep into their film at all. Um, I uh but you know, it's encouraging that he's actually carving out a real role and he's at least if you look at his like his game by game numbers, he's scoring he's scoring double figures every game. Um yeah. he had 20 against Nova, which th- that probably I I think that's probably a tape to go back and watch because Nova is so so big on one on one defense and like you've got to yeah. like actually go get some buckets against them. Um and they've got big wings. So that's probably a tape for for you who cares about NBA prospects to so like go back and watch that one um, and study it. But um, yeah, I, I just, I don't have a, like a, a strong take on him. I know neither of us were super high on him coming out of Stanford and as yeah. far as how we you know, do our portal rankings, but um, yeah, we knew he was going to be, a, he was a solid get. Um, I'd say he's, he's outperformed what we were
0: probably expecting at this point. Yeah. I think my worry was like, uh, I've always liked the talent. It's just like my worry was I thought he was a four athletically and not a three. And I think that he's, you know, they're playing him a lot more at the four. And and I thought that they would play him at the three, I guess I would say based off of having Jalen Washington, having Jalen Withers. Like I I thought that they would play up, play big more often than they've played smaller and, you know, credit to Hubert Davis. I think he's, you know, done a better job with this team than maybe than what I expected. Um, and he deserves you know credit for that. But yeah, no, yeah. I think Ingram's been good as like their small ball four who can step out and shoot and make some plays. But yeah. uh, CJ, do you have anybody else? And do you want to get out of here? I feel like we're about good here. Really. Uh, I,
1: I I did I did say uh I wanted your take on Braden Smith because I absolutely love Braden Smith. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's really really hard to make it in the NBA when you're under six foot, but yeah. uh. He does have a – I'm told he has a 6'5 wingspan, and uh, he's probably one of my favorite players in college basketball. Um, kind of like a um, – we started this podcast talking about Reed Shepard. Like, do you ever see Reed Shepard make a bad play? Do you – like, Braden Smith had his lumps last year, and obviously he took his lumps, his his worst ones, the like a very high-profile game. Um, but man, this year he has been outstanding and, and
0: very rarely you'll see him make the wrong read. And he is awesome in a ball screen setting. So here's my concern with Braden Smith, right? I I would argue they've played like one high pressure defensive team this year. Right. Uh, you know, to win Maui, they won against Gonzaga, Tennessee, Marquette, uh, Gonzaga. Like, I don't love Gonzaga's guards on defense this year, at least. Uh, marquette you know we can talk about tyler kolek and cam jones but they're not like high pressure defensive guards tennessee has high pressure defensive guards like Mm -hmm. those are the dudes that will really get after you and against Mm -hmm. tennessee braden smith went for six points on two for nine shooting uh and had one assist in three turnovers that that's kind of what he needs to prove right he yeah. needs to prove that he can handle that like high, heavy ball pressure. I feel like, cause that's mm-hmm. what Fairley Dickinson did to him last year. That was, you know, his biggest struggle. And if he can prove that, if he can prove that he can handle those like heavy pressure defenders, I'll be really interested. It's just that I feel like we haven't seen that yet from him. Yeah, that's, that's fair. But, but keep, keep your,
1: he is, but he is seeing him in person. He is even shorter than I thought. So that is,
0: that is something that, that is maybe a concern. Uh, but, man. He, I, I will say, like, he's big. Like, he's bigger through his, like, chest this year, is, it feels like. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: that's what popped at first when I watched them this summer. Um, I was like, oh, he's bigger. and um, But, man, he's really, really good out of a ball screen and making yep. the right reads and, and being able to hit, you know, that pull-up against drop coverage. And just another one of those guys that is, like, he's just got some shit to him and like he, yeah. he will talk it. He doesn't care. Um, I, I think, you know, some guys that experience of a game like FDU can ruin you. He has bounced back in the right kind of way. So I don't think he's a guy that comes out after this year, but I was just in, interested to see what your, your thought is on him long-term. Like he's, he's one of those guys that like is, um, you know, there's some guys that you're just not sure about their size, yada, 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 um, I always like to bring out Fred Van Vliet, but like back in yeah. when he was in college, you just knew there was something special about him. I used to tell NBA scouts, like, if you can get him to even just put on the end of your bench, like worth it to have him in your locker room. And yeah. um, so I, I, I'm I'm very intrigued with like how a Braden Smith career, professional career plays out just because I, you, the size is like the one concern and yours is yours is legitimate. Although I, I, I think you'll see it's, it's less of a thing as the
0: season plays out. Like, I think he's going to prove he can handle that. I hope so. I mean, look, big 10, like there are some interesting guards in the big 10 this year. Like mm-hmm. Doug McDaniel has been pretty good to start the year. I don't think he's really an NBA guy. I yeah. really like Bruce Thornton quite a bit. Uh, yeah. at Ohio state. I think he's been super, super impressive. Uh, you know, I've heard good things about Derek Simpson at Rutgers. I think he's had some turnover issues early on. Uh, we'll, we'll see what it looks like though. Tyson, really fun. Tyson yeah. Walker at Michigan state, the Michigan state guys with AJ Hoggard as well, who just moved Open out of the starting lineup. Um, you know, there are some real interesting players this year in, in the backcourt, right? Like Jameer young, boo Booey. like he, he'll get tested. I think in yeah. the big 10, and it'll be interesting to see how he responds. Um, CJ, tell the people where they can find your work. Tell the people what's
1: going on. Well, like Sam, you can find my work at The Athletic. Uh, my Twitter handle is Hoops, And...
0: I don't really like social
1: media, but I'm on there every once in a while.
0: (laughs) (laughs) CJ's the best. Go follow CJ's work at the Athletic. Uh, He does a good job staying off of social media. He does uh, the right thing, in my opinion. I'm usually watching tape or playing ball myself, or watching. That's right. So. Yeah, CJ is either going to watch tape, write about the tape, uh, write about the interviews he does, or he's going to play basketball. That that's really <laughs> it. Uh, or he's going to coach his like son playing basketball. It's gonna be gonna be one of the five things really. Uh, go to the athletic, keep us employed over there. Uh, I will be back tomorrow with Mark Schindler. We're going to run through some NBA news and notes, talk about the in season tournament, talk about a few other things. Um yeah that's that's about all i got i'll be back on sunday again with bryce simon we'll probably do a little bit of nba draft stuff a little bit of nba stuff and then you know who knows after that i'll have a top 100 board on the athletic at some point within the next seven days let's call it um but until next time we'll talk soon bye